This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So the time is 11:37 and our last uh, half an hour on Power Talk for this Tuesday afternoon. So thousands of grade 12 students, in other words, metric, won't secure admission to degree programs at universities. And that's okay. Uh, Furthermore, even those without a degree endorsement, we're told, will face challenges securing spots uh, at public universities. So obviously, higher education has public universities and private universities. Um, And Then there are those who will qualify to go to TVET colleges for vocational training. But again, there is a whole perception around that as well. So the Department of Education uh, reported that almost a million matriculants registered to write the exams in 2022. From that cohort, only 278,000 achieved a bachelor's pass. Uh, Another 26,000 earned a diploma pass, and 14% attained what we call a higher certificate pass. And public universities, um, grappling with the deluge of first-year enrollments, uh, then also need to figure out where to place uh, their applicants and how to house them as well. And so the question really, when we look at all these stats, is does everybody really have to go to university? And in our many conversations with the Department of Higher Education, and we've had many on this show, um, the question that's always been raised is why do we not um, elevate the value of vocational skills? And we've used this example numerous times, really we have ad nauseum, I think I've said it now, is Germany is this industrial powerhouse. They make everything, machines, electronics, cars, aircraft, engines. And yet 45% of their workforce come from the vocational stream. So in as much as they have engineers from university, they have people with engineering skills coming out of a vocational, artisanal training school and many similar skills. So not everybody is designed to be studying theory, and I'm not saying universities are reduced to theory, um, but not everybody's designed for that kind of traditional model of learning at university. Some people have a scientific and mathematical mind, but not applied maths in the actuarial sciences, maths to build and recreate and and uh, endeavor to be more hands-on. Why don't we encourage that in South Africa? And so our masterclass today is looking at exactly that. We are joined by the Chief Executive Officer of We Think Code, Nyari Samushonga. Good morning, Nyari. Good morning, Lerata. I'm happy to be here. Uh, and Happy New Year to you too. We also have Kola Mbengese, who's a project manager in the Department of Higher Education and Training. Uh, good morning, Kola. Good morning, Lerata, and good morning to your listeners as well. Thank you so much. Okay, let's start with you, Kola, and just the skills gap, right? So there will be many students who are coming out of uh, their matric exams, the class of 2023, who will want to go to university but are not really going to cope 
with the model of learning at university and are better suited for vocational training. So how do we convince them that that is the right way to go? All right. Um, um, I think I must acknowledge the fact that there's still a lot of advocacy work to be done around skills development and TVET colleges. Um, It's still out there that you only go to a TVET college because you were not accepted at a university. Mm. That's a mindset that the department is still working very hard on. Um, those that did not make it to university uh, tend to apply or find themselves at a TVET college. It is not an institution of choice for them. So that is something that the department is working on. But it is actually where we would love most matriculants to look into. That is where the skills gaps are. So we need lots and lots of matriculants, especially those that are interested in any kind of engineering, any artisan work, then you would be advised to go to a TVET college where you can be streamlined in the the different artisan streams. And the department is working hard, like I said, on that. We're even hosting a national conference on artisan development, where we advocate the importance of artisan development, and we actually get specialists and the market, the job market, to come on board and talk about the needs gap where skills are concerned in our country. You've said quite a few things, and the first one is the marketability of vocational training or TVET colleges. And I think, you know, when you say mindset, I'm just going to be very simplistic here, and I'm going to also generalize. But I think when people hear vocational training, artisanal training, they think to themselves, we're talking about people who are going to be doing woodwork and are going to be building benches and cobbling together shoes and perhaps fixing washing machines. And yet you can do engineering at this high level, not necessarily inside a university, but you can actually do a form of engineering inside a vocational school. And it's that level of uh, of non-understanding, I think that is the problem. So can you tell us about some of the advanced, specialized uh, skills that can be acquired in a vocational center? Ola. All right. It's not only just, like you said, the engineering. I mean, I think a whole lot of people are not even aware of which skills um, can they develop at a college. For instance, we've got the boilermakers, which are the most basic, um, the boilermakers, the chefs, the hairstylists, and um, the engineering, yes, of course, which is the most popular, by the way. So if you're not accepted at a university for engineering, then you'd look into a TVET uh, college to pursue that that, that qualification. Mm-hmm. But there are so many more. Um, I think in South Africa, we currently have 21 skills that we are participating in and are going to compete internationally on. Um, and these can be found on our website. I can cite all 21 mm-hmm. of them. But even the simplest ones, I mean, to think that a chef is actually a skill. So if you are passionate about cooking, it is a skill that you can find at a TVET college and you can pursue as a career. And because it's a skill, mm-hmm. you are likely to find a job which is yeah. good paying. So I think those are the key messages that we advocate in when we market 
the importance of going to a TVET college. Mm. Okay. And nothing against the universities, by the way, but no. there is another sector that is open, that is booming, that students should consider when applying, uh, when they find themselves not accepted at a university because they did not meet the requirements. Right but they can always go to a TVET college and pursue the same career, but in a different form. Yeah, and okay. And what I'm seeing is that a diploma in uh, civil engineering, uh, which can be done, or clinical engineering, which can be done in a TVET college, uh, allows students to learn things like design, construction, uh, physical and natural build systems. So it's quite complex. It's not a simple yes. course in itself. Yes. Okay. And Loretta, I just want to point out that you can also articulate from a TVET college to a university. Okay. So it is not as if just because I got this diploma and I intended getting a degree, I'm stuck with the diploma. Okay. Using that very same diploma, you can move to a university if you are on about getting a degree. A degree sorry. Okay. okay. Nyari, let's bring you into the conversation because we're identifying what can be done uh, in a vocational centre, a TVET centre. Anything from the creatives um, that we've heard, design of clothes, hairdressing, uh, culinary school, you can become a chef. But there are many other things that happen at uh, TVET colleges, such as the making and manufacturing of medical equipment, working in areas of biotech. So let's talk about the new generation skills that are needed for a new generation economy and how vocational training can help. And here we can even think, talk about, you know, digitalization. Do you need to go to university and study information systems in order for you to be a software developer or can you go to a college? Um, I think this is actually a really exciting conversation for me because, and you started out with these scary statistics, right? And I think one of them is that 46% of South African adults actually have a university degree. And so when you think about that uh, assumption that competence comes from university and that to contribute you need a degree, the reality on the ground is that the South African economy is not being held together by just 4% of us or 6% of us that have degrees. In reality, um, the 94 to 96% whose skills are not properly valued in perception are contributing and driving this economy. And so with our focus being digital skills, it's really about this moment in time where we've seen the digitization of society driven up. I often expose my age by saying, you know, when I started out, my mom and I on a Saturday would go um, to a shop with a checkbook uh, to pay for <laughs> uh, monthly bills. Yes. Now I don't, I don't even have, a, I don't know what my branch is. Yeah. I don't know the last time I went to a branch. Yeah. And in fact, if I ever had to, I'd be upset with my bank that they got their digitization plan wrong. Yeah. With COVID, what happened when we were forced into a context where we couldn't meet in person, it actually just accelerated the rate of digitization. And what that's done is it's created a huge opportunity, which means we need more people, not just that use digital platforms, but that build them. And in that context, we're talking about things like software. And what we need to be doing is making young people that are coming out of matric aware of the opportunity first of these careers that are not the traditional careers when you know when you're asking what do you want to do when you grow up i want to be a doctor mm. a lawyer a teacher a police officer yes those careers are there yes those careers are important yes we value them but there are new careers that are coming up i want to be a software developer i want to build the website not just click on it 
I want to build the web application, not just download it on my phone and use it. I want to um, build the databases in the back and do some data mm-hmm. analytics, not just play with ChatGPT. And internationally, there's a shortage of skills in this area. South Africa is exporting 10 billion rands um, worth of its money to countries like India, countries in Europe, because that's where the skills are. And yet here at home, we have young people that are not finding opportunities. So my encouragement to young people is to actually think with the end in mind. Um, I agree with what Paula said, which is when you think about career, think about what you enjoy. I enjoy cooking. You know, I enjoy playing with numbers. Um, I enjoy creating. And then start to look at which are areas where there's a shortage of skills, where you can start to bring that enjoyment and be economically productive. And then importantly, look at alternative pathways of learning it Mm. and understand that, for example, my mom got her university degree for the first time. She became a graduate when I was 35, you know. Mm. And so it's not about you go to high school, you get your matric, you get to university, then you get a job and then, you know, Bob's your uncle. It's not a linear path. In reality, life is a little bit more mixed. And so going to a vocational institution, that gives you a skill that is useful, which is to say, when you have that skill, there are things you can do with it. And the industry and the market is looking for those skills is actually the pathway to focus on. And then choosing the learning space for it becomes secondary. And I really think that's where the opportunity is. Okay, I'm going to say something I know that will upset parents. And I know that their children will be like, woohoo, we like her. But here's the truth of the matter in terms of what you're saying. If you are academically inclined and if you have that fascination with research, reading, writing, learning, university is for you. Okay, I love the statistic you gave us that 6% of South Africans go to university, but the economy is not being held up by 6%. Of people, right? The economy is being built by all manner of people uh, who do landscape uh, services, who are seamstresses and designers, who are retailers, who who are hairdressers, who do all manner of things. And now I want to go to the issue of qualifications when we even start talking about the IT economy. So the two great, the three great pioneers of this digital age, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, uh, Steve Jobs uh, and also Bill Gates none of those people has a university degree they did enroll in university got so bored with how uh, computing was taught uh, at university that they just left because it wasn't speaking to all the prototypes they were building in their parents' garages. And those prototypes eventually created Microsoft and Apple. And I'm not advocating that people don't, don't go to university, but I'm saying there's a model of teaching or a method of teaching that might not be suitable for somebody who's got that, that brain that is just moving so quickly, Nyari. No, I absolutely agree with you, right? If I'm going for brain surgery, I want to know that my surgeon was in a lab for years practicing before they put me to sleep and cut my brain open. And so essentially that career dictates a pathway and a method of teaching because of the nature of the skill and the risk involved. When you start to look at software, it's about experimentation and tinkering. And that means that an environment that might be ideal for training a brain surgeon is not necessarily the environment that's ideal for training someone to play with their hands through trial and error. And that's what we need to evolve to. And it's as much something for the youth to grasp as it is for employers to grasp. 
that when you start to build these teams, you don't just want people that can learn one way and think one way. You want to augment that and have Nyari who's maybe a bit of fly by the seat of my pants, experiment things that are out of the box, have Jane sitting next to her who's maybe gone and studied the theory through academia, and then together you start to build these diverse teams that see problems differently. But importantly, how we drive the South African economy, which is desperately in need of more economic activity, is we get more young people working. And how we get more young people working is we break out of a narrow-minded mentality that the jobs that are important are only these ones and the way the skills are acquired Mm. is only this way. So if you think of an example of a mechanic, Mm. maybe 30, 40 years ago, a mechanic, you would have thought of a very physical profession where you go, you open the bonnet and you're under it and there's grease everywhere. Now, for many vehicles, you plug that vehicle into a computer. The computer on the car tells the computer on the diagnostics what's wrong with the car. And so being an auto mechanic now has an interesting correlation to being um, a person who's digitally savvy. If you think about home and security, maybe a long time ago, you thought about a very high wall with a barbed wire fence and then a dog in the yard scaring people off. (laughs) Now we're using cameras that are detecting the license plate and tracking it down. We're using cameras that can detect movement. And all of that is now about a digital technology with software and hardware that creates solutions. And the entrepreneurs we're finding are not necessarily an exclusive club that comes from university, but there's a lot of young people that look at their environment, Mm. see opportunities to solve problems, and then use their hands to get on with it. And that's what's going to drive the South African economy to grow. I just want to correct one thing you've said there, Nyari. The dog is not the dog at the gate. It's Rex. (laughs) It's Rex who's looking after the security of the household. Okay. (laughs) Kola, I want to bring you back into the conversation because Nyari's also used another word, entrepreneurship. Is that the quicker somebody who is creative and inventive can get into the transacting economy, the faster they can own their own destiny. And so one of the things that we also should be encouraging is people using their innate skills and talents to create something, but also to start employing other people. And so when we talk about people coming out of TIVIT colleges, the fact that you're going to come out and have learned some motor mechanical skills means you're going to need to have a workshop and people working with you. And so you get your independence faster. Maybe you want to speak to that. Um, Yes, Lerato. Actually, that is so true. That is the pathway um, that we encourage a lot um, in our career development uh, section. So basically what initially should happen uh, ideally should happen is that you get your qualification right mm. and then you get back up with the relevant CETA. Remember the department has um, 21 seaters, right that are streamlined so we've got the mechanical CETA, which is the MER CETA. Mm. so you've got your diploma in mechanical engineering then you go and you do a learnership with that relevant CETA. And then the relevant CETA will be able to assist you in setting up your own space. It doesn't happen overnight. And I don't want the listeners thinking that as soon as I'm done, I'm going to start my own business. It will be booming. There are, there's a process to be followed. And I'm just highlighting the CETAs because they are there to assist 
people that are also interested in developing their entrepreneurial skills. So it is not only a leadership to get you absorbed either by a company or by the institution itself, but they will assist you in setting up your own business. So it is a stream that we are encouraging, that we are looking into, and we work very closely with the NYDA in trying to set up those that seem interested in the development of their entrepreneurial skills or starting their own business. So it is something that we encourage, especially, in fact, with everyone, even those that are not at TVET colleges. There are so many unemployed graduates that have got the qualification, they've got the know-how, but they're sitting at home hoping and praying to be employed. So we really take it out there that you've got the qualification, you've got the skill, you know how, that's more. You can start your own business. You can participate in the economy by starting small. Okay, so you can also approach a sector CETA for the funding of a business when you finish your qualification is what I'm hearing you say. Yes, you can. Okay, so uh, Sostik, Sosshabangu says, Lerato, I wanted to take my two cousins uh, who are just above 35 years and above to a TVIT college in Springs to uh, enroll in a plumbing course and I was willing to pay for them. But to my surprise, I I was told they don't accept students in that direct way. A student has to apply for an internship somewhere, qualify for an internship, and then they'll be accepted into the program. So you can't just walk into a TVET college is what Soshabang was saying. Is that correct, Ola? No, that is not correct. That is not correct. Um, If they're interested in any of the artisan skills, Um, if they want to register in any of the artisan schools, there's a process that you need to follow looking at their age. They are above the age of 30 or they are 35. Mm. And then there needs to be a process that they follow to get their recognition of prior learning. So you can't come, because remember there's a gap between when you passed metric and now you are 35. So Mm. where have you been? What have you been doing? But the TVET colleges do not turn anyone away. You don't, there's no route that you have to go through or around to get to a TVET college. TVET colleges accept you for as long as you've got the necessary documentation. Okay. Nyari, let's uh, give you the final uh, word uh, and the floor. And the issue is the future we imagine. You know, some people say the future is already here. Other people say, no, we need to be uh, getting people future prepared and we should not use the word future proof as if there's something to protect yourself against. We must be embracing that future, prepare for it. The trouble is we don't know what it looks like. So you don't know if you are urging your child to learn computing, coding, software skills, if that's really the security that you're providing for them. If you're saying to your children, like a parent called earlier on, don't go to fashion design school, you have to go to law school. Is law really the future? Or is fashion really the future? We don't really know. So, you know, it's a hit and miss for many people. No, it absolutely is. And, you know, the thing with information is when it overloads, it's overwhelming and stops being helpful. What I think is, again, like I said before, I counsel with beginning with the end in mind. And I think for a lot of us, what we are looking for is an opportunity to be productive and an opportunity to find an intersection between feeling fulfilled by what we do and being able to feed our families and make sure they're safe. And so people need to start keeping an open mind around where the opportunities are that the economy needs, which means a little bit of reading. A simple thing like what's on the South Africa critical skills list, where South Africa is saying we're looking for skills outside South Africa because we don't have enough trained people locally. 
And then you start there and you say, so maybe I want to do something that's on that list because I know that locally the opportunities exist. And then beyond that, it's the moving away from the idea that particular qualifications are the outcome. The truth is focus on things that will be useful. People will look down on certain vocations until suddenly if you've got a birth pipe at your house, you respect a plumber. That is a critical vocation. Mm. And so that open-mindedness to understand that value and economic participation is about solving problems and then focusing your research on the kinds of problems that interest you to solve is really the way forward. And worry less about the particular certification and more about the scale of opportunity. And because I'm biased, digital skills is huge right now. Whether you're in banking, you're in motor vehicles, you're in town planning, in today's world, you are in digital. So seriously look at that opportunity as well and the different pathways into it. Okay, and mm-hmm. I think the underscore different pathways. University is not the only path, is what we were saying today. I want to say thank you to Nyari Samushonga and Kola Mbengese for coming through. Nyari is with We Think Code, and of course Kola is with the Department of Higher Education and Training. It's been the Tuesday edition of uh, Power Talk. It's time for the news, but I want to say this. I just got a message. I literally got an SMS saying Home Affairs has processed my passport. That means they've done it in less than 10 days. What a wow. I'm impressed. And thank you, Department of Home Affairs. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.